It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are flying high on Locked On Eagles. Oh my goodness. I'm going to skip all the intros, man. Yes, you are. (laughs) We're going to the Super Bowl. After all all the letdowns in the past 20, 40 years, all the championship games that that we went to and lost and just had had a bad performance, what a reversal. Mike... The most dominating performance of a dominating defense in an NFC Championship game that I can think of. What, what <laughs> was that? If you, if you, if you, if you pulled every Philadelphia Eagle fan <laughs> in the world and asked them, "Hey, the game ended thirty-eight to seven. Who won?" One hundred percent would have said Minnesota. Mike, you and I did not even talk about a reality in which the Eagles could have yeah. won by multiple scores and at all. Right, we've been we've been as deep into this game as you can get. Firstly, it was the best game that Nick Foles in played. I've I've seen yeah. him play. Period. Yeah, exactly. And, and like seven touchdowns against uh, the uh, the Raiders, game, whatever, everything like that. That was unbelievable execution, unbelievable accuracy on the move down the field. What was that flea flicker throw to Tory oh Smith? God. Was one of the best throws it I've seen beautiful. this season. The the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown, obviously wide open, but still perfect ball. That uh that scrambling throw to Nelson Aguilar up the sideline, which looked like the Carson Wentz one to Darren Sproles against the Steelers in 2016. Yeah. Right, turning up field throwing it up oh my goodness Alshon being wide open but what he did before that evading in the pocket and buying time to allow that to happen because it looks like the Eagles were tagging a bunch of outs and ins with just get up the field you know what I mean they must have seen something because that was wild right (laughs) and we we talked when Foles first came back came uh, as a starter we were talking about developing a rapport with his receivers that Aguilar third down conversion doesn't happen without rapport right. that Elshon Jeffrey touchdown doesn't happen with rapport right the 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 relationship with the receivers was so much better and correspondingly the placement of the ball is so much better the ability to stay live in the pocket it blew my mind unbelievable <laughs> game. let's let's talk about the offensive line too Foles is hanging in the pocket for four minutes yeah. He's in there. He's in there. He had. His, uh, he's reading a book and drinking his morning <laughs> coffee. And and Big V is burying pass rushers. What there was one sack, and it was because Griffin got chipped. He got stonewalled, and then Lane Johnson slipped. Yeah. That was the one sack. Was because Lane Johnson fell over because he slipped. Besides that, no. Are you kidding? Yeah, and you-, you go back to the Atlanta Falcons game where he was only pressured seven times. This offensive line is playing out of their freaking minds. And look, let me tell you this. Doug Peterson is coaching every coach he comes across in the playoffs out of the gym. No question whatsoever. And we talked about it going into the Falcons game. It, if it wasn't for the execution, Doug was getting what he wanted. And in the Vikings game, this this first drive where Trey Burton jumps out of bounds and so, and it, it was just a weird drive. We got exactly what we wanted and we executed moving on from there. These coaches can't keep... Mike Zimmer was a coach of the year candidate and Doug Peterson was treating him like a child. <laughs> the, 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 the play calling was perfect. Phenomenal. What, like... Perfect. Every third down, there was space. We're talking about the quick little, the little little swing outs to a giant. Those little 
sell out wide receiver screens with four linemen getting out yeah. in front of those. Are you kidding me? The Eagles, and, and just amazing execution ability, using all of their weapons so well. And then when the play call doesn't work, which will happen, you had Zach Ertz making plays. You had Alshon Jeff making plays. Zach Ertz had an incredible game, such a consistent catcher. Trey Burton, a huge catch after that that, that drop on, on, on third down where he landed out of bounds. Let's talk about that. That first drive by Philadelphia should have been points. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That was one, one of Nick Foles' worst throws of the day, landed on Torrey Smith's shoulder, yeah. and he was not able to bring it in. Yep. Right? And, that, and another kind of bad throw by Foles, too far outside, too far to the boundary, and Trey Burton is just dumb and isn't able to get his feet down. Those are his two worst throws. Both of those should have been catches. Yep. Both of those are drops, right? That drive should have been seven. But, okay, Doug Peterson, I don't understand how Jim Schwartz is, is, is not a head coach. I think if you've hired Vrabel, right? If you've there hired... Are, uh, are, the, the Giants are going to hire Pat Shermer, who Schwartz right. just coached out the building. Which, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you don't make a hire off of one game. But Jim but Schwartz still. is... <laughs> right, Jim Schwartz's defenses, Mike, in the playoffs, in in four second half quarters, have allowed zero points That's in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, Mike, 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 we're talking about two games against playoff caliber teams, and Jim Schwartz's defense has allowed zero second half points. I can't. Uh, what? I just know that you. I I have not yet pro football referenced this. I promise I will. I would bet good money that has never happened in playoff history. I would bet good money. That that has never happened. The defense was dominant. The pressure started racking up in the second drive. And I was talking about this with um with Bryce Rossler. And he asked me, he's like, honestly, bro, do you think they can do this? I'm like, after the first drive where they gave up the seven points. I said the uh-huh. defense was an absolute mess. Pre-snap communication-wise, going into that drive, throughout that drive. And it led to some some bad things happening. Najee Good getting locked up one-on-one with Kyle Rudolph when he had no idea what he was doing on that snap until probably about a half a second before it was snapped. And even then he was lost. But after that, the communication was much more calm. Everybody was in position. Everybody was where they needed to be. The pass rush started getting off. The blitzes with Malcolm Jenkins and all the little wrinkles Absolutely. they threw in were getting home. The way they deployed their cornerbacks was it, everything got right. sorted out ironed out within the first quarter. It usually takes a lot of teams until the half to figure that out. They figured it out in one drive. Absolutely. And 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 we talked, uh, we didn't talk about this on the show, but Danelle Ellaby, you know, injured, potentially out, and then he's out, right? And we've, we've discussed on the show what the effect of that is. That first drive, you saw Najee Good on the field consistently, right? He's the Eagles' backup middle linebacker uh, behind Ellaby, who's obviously behind Hicks, so third string middle linebacker. All sorts of problems, Mike. Just ugliness, right? Yep. And you had those corners giving significant amount of cushion because the Eagles were playing a lot of cover three, right? Uh, giving up space. You, you you saw a lot of comeback routes working on the sidelines. Thielen was playing well. Diggs was playing well. Mike, we did not hear from Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs after the first drive. Stephon Diggs had one big catch and run on like a, like a late, on like a yeah, deep Yeah, and there was some like some short comeback right? routes for like 10 yards and everything right. like that, but nothing that barely, really damaged barely. the Eagles. Yeah. Jarius, yeah. freaking Jarius Wright was their most consistent pass catch option, right? But that first drive, you see Najee Good out there a lot, and, and he he gives up the touchdown to Rudolph. He was the guy supposed to be in coverage. He was super late to it. Second drive, Jim Schwartz comes out, and it was corners closer to the line of scrimmage. He varied it around. He obviously still played cover three. You're going to have to when you're dealing with a problem with your middle linebacker like that. But he, he, he pushed his guys forward. He varied more coverage. You saw Malcolm Jenkins in the box. The, consistently mm-hmm. and we we knew what the problem with that was it was teams are able to run against that right the defensive line said no the defensive line michael kendrick and nigel Bradham just stepped up and had an insane game up in the front the eagles and, and, and we said this if the eagles win they're they're dominating the trenches and they right dominated the trenches i cannot speak to the extent to which this offensive and defensive line both just manhandled 
a good Vikings offensive line and a fantastic Vikings defensive line. Looking ahead, Mike, I think the Eagles are about to face the worst offensive line and the worst defensive line they've seen in the playoffs. They're going to eat. They're going to eat. All right, right. And, and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Obviously, right. we still want to talk more about this Vikings game. The, the Eagles match up quite favorably against the Patriots. I'm sorry. I think they do. And it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, and not many coaches can can go up against Belichick in it's, a big it's, game. It's the two best coaches in the NFL, Mike. Right, right now. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And like you said, talking about going back to the trenches, Jarek McKinnon, 10 attempts, 40, 40 yards. Latavius Murray, 6 attempts, 18 yards. They didn't have a run over 10 yards. They had one run for 10 yards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was dominant. Case Keenum was running for his life. And we talked about, and I talked about this on a couple of Vikings pods that we were on with Andy Carlson, uh, with Climbing the Pocket, with uh, with JR, who we had on our show too. Great guy. I put it out there, and none of them bit. Case Keenum is a bit of a liability. And he did not play well in this game at all. And I understand that he was under fire. But you know what? We've seen Carson Wentz under fire a bunch too. And he played very freaking well. Case Keenum yeah. couldn't play near that level. Like no, nowhere near that level under pressure. Right. That entire offense, Mike, was and, – and even on that second drive where they were pushing into, into Philadelphia territory, or maybe it was – no, it was the third drive because they had the turnover, Patrick Robinson, and we'll definitely talk about that. They were pushing into territory. Score was 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, they were pushing in, in, deep into Philadelphia territory. Chris Long has that eventual strip sack, right? All, or excuse me, it was Derek Barnett on that first uh, – Derek Barnett had that strip sack. Chris Long had the recovery, right? And I know you right. want to talk about that protection scheme. I'm going to give that to you in a second. But on that drive, it was all – the Eagles defensive line is winning their one-on-one matchups. The 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 uh the Minnesota offensive line moved to doubling Fletcher Cox a significant amount on that drive. The Vikings were able to move the football because the first read was consistently open, but the edges were winning. Vinnie Curry was pressuring all night long. Like great night for Vinnie Curry. Derek Barnett, both of them facing the left tackle, the guy we were not as worried about, Reef, right? Yeah. Great nights, consistent pressure. The problem is the ball was coming out to the first read. That's how you have to beat this Philadelphia offense. Ball got to come out to the first read, right? The second the Eagles were able to force Keenum to hold the ball a little bit longer, which in this case, it was more so a, de- a longer developing first read than it was any any sort of secondary coverage. Derek Barnett arrives to the strip sack, right? This all, If you can't consistently get the ball to your first read against this defense, you cannot move the football. Period. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And the protection scheme they had on, like, we're going to block Derek Barnett by bringing a tight end on basically what what looked like a split zone look where, you know, you have that zone run yeah. and you had that tight end come and pick up that backside defensive end. You're going to tell me you're going to sit back in the pocket and think that that tight end is going to come over and hit a cup lock on Derek Barnett. How disrespectful of a yes. game plan was that? That's insane. Vile. That's absolutely insane. And they paid for it big time. Big time. And I love that. I love it. Ben, can you hear my voice right now? Can you hear what's happening yeah. in my voice right now? Mike is It's gone. amazing. I've been I've been losing my that first half was one of the greatest first half performances I've ever seen from a Philadelphia Eagles team in a big time game in my entire life. After all the championship games that we've been through where we came out flat and we ended flat. 
and mm-hmm. just crap the bed. It becomes ingrained in you. Like I told you the other day when we were talking with JR, right? right. Back in those days, I w- it, it made me think what bad is going to happen now. And then when I look at this team, I said this Peterson team, and I, and I look towards the future, and I can't see over the hill, but I know something cool is coming over the hill. A Derek Barnett strip sack's coming over the hill. That's what's coming. A, a Patrick Robinson pick six after freaking <laughs> Chris Long gets a piece of Case Keenum's armpit. I don't even know where he was throwing anyway. I don't think that was going to be a good that throw no matter Robinson, what. Robinson sunk under that route and overlapped there. that zone perfectly, right? Yeah. That would have had been a perfect tight window throw. There was still space. But yeah. once you get hit like that, the ball ducks. You know, It's a little bit of a duck in the air. That's easy for Patrick Robinson and then a fantastic return. Mike, let me throw some fun stats at you. Please. Nine of the last ten first seeds have made the Super Bowl. Uh, the one first seed who did not make it was the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Nick Foles currently has as many postseason wins as Dallas Cowboys have in their last 21 years. Oh, my goodness. I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy that Tony Romo got to go to his first championship game, too, doing that AFC game. Oh, yeah, game. so happy for Tony. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Because... I picked the Jaguars and the Eagles, Mike, and I was this close. It was super close, you know. And, and, the, and even though it was fourteen to three, uh, Jaguars, I'm still sitting there thinking, "There's no way. There's no way this this is not how this ends." And Blake Bortles is not that, not that in which he played for that entire first half. Yeah. And, and they ran so much play action with him, and it was working. He throw a three yard pass and go fifteen yards, right? And they and it was a beautiful yeah. game plan for them. But then when he needed to go and win it with his arm, when they couldn't rely on play action, it was over. I guess props to the Patriots defense for being able to stop that. But that's like one of the most vanilla offenses that you're gonna see all year. Like let's yeah. be honest. Right. I'll put it to you this way: if we get Foles v Oakland on on Sunday against the Patriots, right? If that's who we end up getting. It will be what Jacksonville had with Blake Bortles. Like right. that's what that's that they that'll be. Which is as the most vanilla in the play calling too, right. because the play calling week sixteen, week week seventeen was not creative whatsoever. As soon as we got to the playoffs, you started right. to see that creative Doug Peterson put his stamp on things. Oh my gosh, Mike, we were up by thirty one, and Doug Peterson was <laughs> was running fake screens, throwback tight end screens. Mike, we're up by thirty one, and Peterson. Right, and Peterson's like throwing garbage out there like that. Like that? Are you kidding me? How much does he have in his playbook? Yeah, and they were doing all types of pre-snap mode. Like there was a pre pre uh, shift where they had like a like a Maryland eye or like a power T behind him, and then they went out to the regular formation. I'm like, look at the stuff that Dougie P is putting on tape for Belichick to have to go look at because Belichick is known for that. Late in games, he'll put stuff out there just to drive the analytics guys crazy, and that's exactly what I thought Dougie P was doing there. Let me put this out there. Let me, let me show it to them and make them adjust. And okay, so let's go back to earlier in the game, the stuff that we thought we would ha- that, that would happen. Uh, the Vikings tried the screen game. That was working for a little bit. The Eagles ran the jet sweep with Nelson Aguilar. Oh, yeah. uh, it was not successful, which, which, but by a the way, constraint Mike, play. Uh, if, if you remember, uh, I said, I think I'd throw that out on the second drive. And even if it doesn't work, yes. it doesn't matter. And yeah. uh, in case you're wondering, the Eagles threw it out on the second drive and it didn't work and it didn't matter. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. It was uh, the way they executed Alshon Jeffrey, by the way, uh, Xavier Rhodes has no answer for him. Uh, he was winning on slant routes. When he, he was he was 
just he was beating them. And I know Xavier Rhodes ended up with a toe injury or something like that, whatever the case is. But a lot of the things that I saw Alshon Jeffrey do to Xavier Rhodes when I watched the Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings stuff that pieces up on LockedOnEagles.com. Yep. It's a two-parter called Rhodes Closed the Head? Question uh, mark. A lot of things that Jeffrey won in that manner, in that matchup, was the same way that he won today. I didn't have too much of a concern about Xavier Rhodes, to be honest with you, because for some reason he just does it. Xavier Rhodes does well against physical wide receivers, and for some reason Alshon Jeffrey has his number, had his number today. And you want to talk about yep. with Carson Wentz how he spreads the ball around? One, two, three, four, five receivers with multiple receptions, two more receivers Four receivers with receptions. with receptions over 36 yards. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, a dude, 26 for 33, 352 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions in rhythm. One of five quarterbacks in history to have over 100 passer rating in all three of his first playoff games. That's incredible. We're talking about That's Nick Foles. I mean, <laughs> how drunk are you? Like what, right. like, what universe is this? How far gone are we? So firstly, Mike, there's a video circulating around. I retweeted it. Go find it on my timeline it means okay. the world to me. Julie Ertz just finished a friendly in San Diego. Uh, after the game, they told her what happened. She immediately broke out into tears. So Julie oh. Ertz is crying on the on the West Coast right now because she's so happy. Oh, wow. Also, uh, I mean, obviously those gifts circulating around. Uh, the Eagles have put the dog masks back on. When they cut the camera at the end of the third quarter, when it was 31-3 to and the Eagles were knocking on the door, and Chris Long was barking at the crowd when Chris oh. Long was standing on yeah, the bench that. with his arms out, barking a grown man who is not making money to do this right now because he's given it all away to charity yeah barking at other grown men i was out of my mind the the foals chant instead of the skull chant are oh, you kidding me that's amazing this, we grossly misunderestimated home field advantage i think even those who estimated it the furthest out of all of us back before atlanta right. still grossly misunderestimated home field advantage we hostile territory does not even begin to describe what minnesota walked into we got greased light uh, light poles before the game even begins like <laughs> like this was madness yeah there was a story that uh that they were greasing all the light poles in philly so that people wouldn't climb them because they knew what was what was ahead of them look I want to tell you this. This was the most historic, stingy third down defense in the history of the NFL, or at least since when they started tracking that stat. The Vikings gave a third down conversion into a first down only 25% of the time. The Eagles were 10 of 14, 71%. That tells you how much Doug Peterson owned this game. That tells you how much Nick Foles Mm -hmm. was efficient in this game. That's beautiful. 71% on third down against the greatest third down defense of all time. Stop it. Stop it, man. This is this is bonkers. This isn't real life, Ben. This isn't real life. It's absurdity. It's absurdity. <laughs> and Ben, then points allowed, total yards, pass yards, all season highs against this Minnesota Vikings defense that we heard about all week long. We dominated in every phase of the game in a way in which no one expected. Dog, dog, dog. New England Patriots come out as a six-point favorite. Who cares? Who Thank ca- God no one they likes came us. out as, as a, we a, don't we care. came out as dogs. If we came out as favorites, that'd be terrible news. Yep. I love the fact that we're underdogs. I don't care about the spread. This team obviously doesn't because they've done it twice in the playoffs now and just, man, they blew this out the water, man. It's, it was, 
No one expected us, not even us, not to this degree. You could say that we we both predicted the Eagles to win. Every Vikings show that I was on, even the show that I did for the guys over in Great Britain at the Inside Zone, both of them picked the Vikings to win as well. Everyone at work that I knew was picking the Vikings. Everyone on the doggone planet was picking the Vikings to win. And the Eagles just proved them wrong again. So go ahead and open up at negative six. We're just going to use it for more more fuel. What do you got, man? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's going to be an insane week, and we're going to be breaking all of that down. We have so many different past resources we can tap into. We have a whole two-week spread to get into that. We're also at the Senior Bowl for this week, Mike. So we're going to have insane content for you. I've been doing the countdown. Uh, There are only two Locked On podcasts remaining, so make sure you're subscribed, (laughs) all that good stuff. But we'll get to the goods. we got to go through the three-word responses, Mike, as as is tradition on Locked On Eagles. If you're following us on Twitter, at Locked On Eagles, at the end of every game, we release a tweet saying, hey, describe that game in three words or less. Best answers get read on the show, and man, uh, we got some good ones, as one would expect. In the spirit of, Mike, your most recent comments, uh, I'd like to bring up Dwayne McKinney, at McKinney Dwayne on Twitter. Philly versus everyone. Obviously, you know, the Detroit uh, slogan originally, yeah. but yeah, Philly versus everyone, man. I mean, how about that dog mentality? How about everybody picking the Vikings? I don't know if you watched NFL Network before the the, the game. Nine uh, people were picking on the show. The only two picked the Eagles were both ex-Eagles. Foles, yep. or, uh, Terrell Owens, and LaShawn McCoy, which I don't yeah. know if you caught LaShawn McCoy's comment about Chip Kelly, but that had me crying. The short little man yeah, that's short little sitting man, at home ba- now yeah, with ba- his kids? No, back, uh, back coaching the kids where he belongs. Coaching the kids. Shady yeah. said, I love it. Uh, at Alex Ray Snyder says, Philly dilly dilly, which, yes, uh, that's a reminder. Bud Light is sponsoring a party for the Eagles fans in Philadelphia now with free beer because they promised and they better have held that up. Uh, I like Philly dilly. Yep, Philly dilly dilly. <laughs> I like Minnesota Vikings football at Min Vikings football says, please no more. Uh, you dang straight, Alex. Well, it's over, so yeah. you're not going to get any more. That was yeah. it. That 38 to seven was it. Okay. I don't know if that becomes our new 44 to six. I think it should, but that was you're done. That, there is no more. You're fine. Filthy. <laughs> uh, Alex Kolajesh of FanRag Sports at Kolajesh FRS says, uh, "F your miracle." He didn't say F. I'm I'm censoring that, but yes, F your miracle. Uh, sorry, Minnesota. And hey, I'm very guilty of it. I said, you know, that uh, this was a worst-case scenario for the Eagles, that the Vikings were going to feel like a team of destiny, and uh, Philadelphia put the kibosh on that destiny, Mike. This is just a historical fact. After the Immaculate Reception, which we had that show where we talked about all the plays in playoff football right. lore uh, that were the best, like, walk-offs, biggest plays in football history, after the Immaculate Reception, the Steelers went out and lost to the Dolphins the next week. Right. Complete emotional letdown. Same thing happened here with the Vikings. Not surprised whatsoever. Ben, what else we got? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff, man. All right. Uh, I like a lot from uh, Simeon Kist. Young Kist says, yeah. take it home. Amy at ALJ25. Fly Eagles Fly. Always a classic. Corey Tachet at Talk. Four more quarters. I like that one a lot. Brooke Stevens <laughs> gave us three because Brooke Stevens takes no prisoners. Brooke Stevens yeah. says, uh, purple eating people. Not purple eating people, but purple eating people. Yeah. Broad Street Bullies, which is a good one. And Foles yeah, Redemption like Story. Mr. McGiblet says, want riot juice? 
Don't really know about that one. Uh, Ryan Douse <laughs> at Ryan Douse says straight up perfection. Jamie McSweeney at Jamie McSweeney. Super Bowl bound. I like this one. Kayla Fredrickson, good friend of the pod at KFred831, mm. says bow, wow, and then wow in all caps, which I oh, like play on words. <laughs> very, very nice. Very nice. I like the bow, wow, wow. Yeah. I like uh, uh, Simeon. I was watching the game with Simeon. for. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hooked him up on uh, Google Hangouts, and we were watching. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if I were to capture, because I wasn't able to get him today, but it would be very cool if I were to able to capture him uh, live, me and him talking and put it on the podcast if it came down to like a big play. Like that was my thinking. Like this is going to come down to like one big play, one fourth down conversion like I talked about in the preview pod. If it was going to come down to that, I wanted to get the reaction of me and him and throw it on the pod. We didn't need that yeah, because it was a complete blowout. His brother is a big Patriots fan. So he uh... came in after the first half and I was talking with him. And uh, trash talk a little bit. So, yeah, it was uh, amazing to be able to experience that with my son. I kept saying, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to explain this. Like, you're so lucky. You're so lucky to be so young and not know what it is to be an Eagles fan to uh, to the extent that, that your pops does. Because yeah. this is not normal. This is not normal right. at all. My last Super Bowl, <laughs> I was seven, dude. This is uh, this is gonna be like you know I don't have much of a memory for that one. So this is uh, this is an incredible experience, especially first year for the podcast for us. How like how lucky are we? But two more good how ones. Two more good ones. Jake Evans at yeah. the Jake Evans X. He's got his My mind man. in the right spot. He knows what's up. He's a follower of mine on Twitter. Uh, Foles for first, which uh, I'm assuming he's referring to a trade. Which yes, that's the one thing I keep hammering home. Listen. Uh, oh, wow. Foles is making Philadelphia so much money by putting in these performances <laughs> because they will definitely look into trading him this offseason. And obviously, he's oh. he's demonstrating the value of backup quarterbacks. If the Eagles retain him, even though he is a lot of money, I could understand that for sure. But listen, if you get anything in the neighborhood of a second for Foles, I say you're pulling the trigger. I say you're pulling the trigger yeah. on a heartbeat. And, and again, even if you kept Foles, even if you kept Sudfeld, the cap hit, the total cap hit next year for those quarterbacks, and I know we're a little bit cap strash right now, but mm-hmm. the cap hit for them is sixteen million combined. At the same time, okay. So, a, 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 what what money's things is the Wentz ACL thing? How is his recovery coming? Are you confident that he's right. going to be ready week one and all that? Which is great because if not, if if it might get pushed back a little bit, you want Foles for the first four or five weeks, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, uh, if you can trade a backup quarterback for that kind of capital to a QB starving team that will give up a lot of draft capital and put us on the right track back to reverse all the damage that we've done to the cap, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to consider it. So it's going to be a very fluid situation as well because look, we're not going to be able to sign a lot of people. Thankfully, 20 over 22 starters are signed through next year, uh, which is fantastic. But at the same time, we've got to make some moves and we got to dump some people off. So if we can recoup all of that in draft capital where we're paying what the CBA says we need to pay as far as those draft picks, absolutely. That's 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 a great deal. We're in a fantastic situation, Ben. Either you have a fantastic backup yeah. quarterback that brought you to a Super Bowl in the playoffs or... You have a bunch of first-round picks from a QB starving team. It's, it's, dude, yeah, it's plus plus. Either way, we're gonna be talking about that all off season. Ben, we're. I, I only whispered it last time. I only whispered it last time. Check this out. Super Bowl! Yes! And that, that'll bring us perfectly to uh, the final three-word answer that needs to be read. Not because it's good, but because hopefully it only exists for another two weeks. Brian J. Norton at Brian underscore Norton 317 says, Still no rings, Michael. And I don't know about you, but I'm so very ready to never, ever oh my God, hear yeah. that 
again. So, uh, Brian, we're going to remember you for the next two weeks. Uh, writing the name down on the yeah. list, Ryan Howard style. So thank you, Brian J. Norton, for reminding us that all we'll ever hear is still no rings, but this could be the year. Mike, this could be the year. Unbelievable. Yeah. Did you see Jay Ajayi after the game, man? Very, very hyped on the sidelines is what he, I saw. So he was, well, he was he, crying he, on the field, head down I was going to say, he probably got emotional. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- think about the, the, the story for him. Listen. The story for Jay, the story for Howie. How about revenge game for Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt? Obviously not really like actually a revenge oh, yeah. game, but still. There's just so many narratives for these two right, weeks, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, we're so lucky. We're so blessed. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So we've got the Senior Bowl coverage, which is, wow. It's crazy that us being there live at the Senior Bowl is going to take a bit of a back burner as we preview this game, but we're still going to have tons of great draft content coming probably towards the second half of our shows. We are going to be there with Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots live. So we're going to be talking with him, picking his brain. He's one of the best football minds I know. He's my boss over inside the pylon, host of Locked On Patriots. We're going to have so much good nerdy nerdy XNO. If you didn't think this show <laughs> was nerdy about XNO talk before, we're about to get a whole lot nerdier, man. And we're going to, oh, I'm, I'm so excited, man. This is amazing. I, it's a, <laughs> Ben, how do we, how do we deal with something like this? Because this is totally uncharted territory for me as far as being the, yeah. I, I told someone the other day, I was on Locked on Browns. I told Jeff Lloyd, I said, this team is making me believe again. And it's effing annoying. Because I really do believe in this team, but I've done it so many times. I've done it so many times. And if we came out and came flat against this Vikings team and didn't deliver, it was going to crush me. Yeah. This is exhilarating. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's going to be the same exact process for the next two weeks, buddy. Listen, yeah. <laughs> uh, gentle listeners, thank you so much for stopping by. We've been, uh, I believe the word is smashing records over the past few weeks simply because the Eagles keep playing some doggone good football. And we're very excited for another two weeks of Eagle football because, hey, uh, it's great for us. It's great for the podcast. It's great for y'all. We're so excited to be giving you some of the best Eagles coverage there is, especially in the podcast world. So, as always, I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin and so like that's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. Please, on whatever app you're listening to the podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Mike, we're currently at 75 ratings. I don't know about you, but 100 by the Super Bowl feels pretty nice. That feels pretty sweet. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Listen, if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, there's always our written uh, website as well, LockedOnEagles.com, where there's constant X's and O's coverage, uh, injury analysis, news updates, all of that good stuff, so you get your news two different ways. And as always, we have the new store on Public. If you search Locked on Eagles, yeah. you'll find our new store with a bunch of new gear that hopefully we'll be introducing more and more designs as the Eagles season comes to a beautiful close within the next two weeks. Listen, we're so excited to keep on giving you insane Eagles coverage. Listen, there's only one game left of the season. And yeah. so even if you're not an Eagles fan, you get all the Eagles uh, insight on, on the Super Bowl matchup from this podcast. Hop on over to Locked on Patriots with Mark Schofield, as Mike alluded to. Listen to that podcast as well to get your Patriots takes. You'll be the most informed guy in the room come Super Bowl time. So we're so thankful that you've been listening. We're pumped for the next two weeks. Keep it locked on here on Locked on Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Super Bowl cacao. Oh my god, man. Dude, this is insane. <sighs> what a what what a time a to be Super alive. Super Bowl cacao. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.